Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News. Tuesday, June 22nd, 2021. Stand up for your country. So I'm going to do a little politics now. Um, not a lot of breaking news going on, but there are some political stories you'll hear nowhere else but here that I think will engage your attention. At least I hope so. We have Miss Kimberly Guilfoyle coming up. Uh, she uh, continues to work in politics. She's got an interesting story to tell, I think, so that'll be uh, coming up in a few minutes. Uh, we begin uh, with uh, Joe Biden's schedule today. Not too hefty. Uh, he had lunch with Ms. Kamala. Um, I don't know what they had. I'm going to try to find out what the lunch is. I'm sure it's very politically correct, uh, whatever it is. And then at 145, uh, Mr. Biden met with a FEMA representative. That must have been a thrilling meeting. I'm sorry I wasn't there. And that's it. Um, you know, he'll be in his jammies by 7, um, pacing himself for his big address tomorrow on crime. So we did a little investigating because we don't want you to waste your time. I get paid to watch Mr. Biden. You're uh, an option, whether you want to watch him or not. So as everybody knows, crime is um, overwhelming cities run by Democrats. I guess there are a few Republicans, but it's not nearly what it is on the left. So because there are so many bodies in the streets, Joe Biden can't deny it's happening like he denies inflation, the border intrusion. He denies all that. He can't deny dead bodies in the street. And they're there. So he has to deal with it. But he's really not going to deal with it. He's going to talk about gun control. Ha. Now, we learned that. Maybe, maybe he'll switch it, but it's going to be about guns. Not murderers using guns. Just guns. Uh, first, the approval rating for Biden is 52%. Um, and about 46% disapprove, according to Rasmussen today. Same numbers come down on American Research Group. Um, on that uh, polling place, ARG, Biden's down five points in a month. I don't really know what's driving that. Probably higher food and gas prices, but I'm not quite sure. All right, so before we get to Joe Biden's um, crime, um, profile, I want to tell you about what's really happening in this country. And it's very, very disturbing, at least to me. So when Mr. Biden talks at the White House tomorrow, we still don't know what time. Um, you know, Joyce, we don't really know, but it'll be after lunch. <laughs> yes, that nice lunch. Um, but it'll be at the White House. So he can't attack his own. He can't attack Democratic governors and mayors, as we have in California, in Illinois, in New York, um, where the crime is just shocking. So let's just give me a few highlights, all right? So here's what Joe Biden should talk about. Portland, Oregon, um, murder rate up 800%. That's not a typo, 800% year to year, Portland, Oregon. Chicago, just last weekend, Father's Day weekend, seven people murdered, 45 wounded. One two-day period. All right. L.A. Homicides up by 95% year to year. 95%. That's Eric Garcetti, the mayor. San Francisco. Um, 
May, homicides up 100% from last year. 100% San Francisco. New York City, shooting incidents have increased 73% year to year. 73%. That's de Blasio. Philadelphia, Jim Kenney, the mayor. All right. Homicides up 38% year to year. Baltimore, 57 people have been murdered in the last 50 days. In Baltimore. Not a lot of people live in Baltimore. 57 people murdered, 50 days. Overwhelming number of them African-American, as they are in all of these towns, except Portland. Washington, D.C., that's Muriel Bowser, all right? Homicides up 25%. Minneapolis, up 56%. Seattle, highest number of homicides in Seattle in 26 years. All Democratic-run cities... Most of them have Democratic governors. Okay, there was a mayoral primary in New York today. Um, There will be a Democrat mayor, Curtis Sliwa, the guardian angel guy. He's running on the Republican side, but it's overwhelmingly Democrat in this town, in New York City. Okay, Um, and you can't go on a subway here. You can't. You can't walk in Times Square unless you want to be in danger. Okay, so Biden has never been a problem solver. He's a he's a career politician. You know that. Okay, he's from Delaware and he's never, ever been an innovative guy, a guy with new ideas. He's a party apparatchnik. But when Bill Clinton was president, it was tough on crime. Joe, Joe was the toughest guy in town on the thugs. And he even used that word. He wanted to put those people away. Roll the tape. They will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets that society has, in fact, in part because of its neglect, created. Again, it does not mean because we created them that we somehow forgive them or do not take them out of society to protect my family and yours from them. They are beyond the pale, many of those people. Beyond the pale. And it's a sad commentary on society. We have no choice but to take them out of society. And the truth is, we don't very well know how to rehabilitate them at that point. That's the sad truth. Yeah, huh? Joe Biden, take them out of society. But now, Joe's woke. Joe is virtuous. Joe has seen the light. Now, we're not going to take them anywhere. We're going to let them run wild. We're going to let them out with no bail. We're going to knock out all mandatory sentencing for even the most heinous who can't be rehabilitated. Woke Joe rip. Van Wyden, Biden, (laughs) has woke up. He's enlightened now. So tomorrow, in his address, it's not going to be that, what you just heard. It's going to be these guns. The guns are what does it. As I told you yesterday, I was in Wyoming all last week. Everybody has a gun one of the lowest murder rates 
in the country. Not the guns, Joe. All right. I know you're getting enough sleep because you got nothing on your daily schedule. I know you're woke, but you need to wake up. These are bad people. People that have to be punished, Joe. No matter what color they are, they're to be punished. Are you going to say that tomorrow? No, you're not. And I'm going to rip into you tomorrow because I know what you're going to say. Okay. Before we get to Kimberly Guilfoyle, who is politely standing by, yawning and during my monologue, I want to tell you about my pal. He's actually my symbolic pal, James Buchanan. Put Jimmy up there. Now, James Buchanan was the 15th president of the United States. He served his country from 1857 to 61. Abraham Lincoln replaced Jimmy. Jimmy was a one-termer from Pennsylvania, just like Joe Biden. Jimmy was from Lancaster. Joe Biden's from Scranton. Okay. Jimmy Buchanan was the worst president in the country's history. Why? Because he didn't do anything as the North and the South were tearing each other apart verbally. He even denied there was much of a problem. And then all of a sudden, there was a civil war. And Jimmy had no solutions. He didn't even engage. And it was the biggest disaster in American history. Now, my pal, symbolically, Harry Truman, weighed in on James Buchanan. I have Harry's letter in my private collection, and it is very instructive. So Harry's writing to a woman friend, right? And he's basically saying, quote, not basically saying, is what he's saying. History will tell you that old Buck, that's Buchanan, was short on decisions. And had he acted with the firmness of Andrew Jackson, for example... In his dealing with the problems of the South, the war between the states might well have been averted. That was written May 18th, 1959. Again, that's in my private collection. It's absolutely true. Now, Joe Biden reminds me of James Buchanan. Is Joe Biden going to be that bad in the end? I don't know. Could he be? Yes, he could. Yes, he could. It's the same kind of denial about what the root problem is in any social situation. He just won't acknowledge it, doesn't acknowledge it. So 200,000 foreign nationals crossing the southern border every month, encountering Border Patrol and um, uh, DHS agents every month, 200,000. Joe's not worried about that. I'll put Kamala in charge of it. She's going to deal with it, but she's not actually going to go down to the border. I mean, this is embarrassing. This is embarrassing, just like James Buchanan was embarrassing. James Buchanan just sat there in the White House. didn't do anything. Meanwhile, the whole country is falling apart. Now, is the United States going to fall apart under Joe Biden? I don't think so, but we'll suffer. We'll suffer economically, socially, in the crime zone, in the immigration zone. We're all going to suffer under Joe Biden. Because I've seen him in action long enough, six months now, where I know he doesn't have anything. He brings nothing to the table. And this is not a partisan viewpoint. I think the Republicans are largely pinheads. You know that. They're not the greatest problem solvers in the world. But compared to Biden, 
their Julius Caesar. <laughs> you know? All right. James Buchanan. Gotta love him. Now, Donald Trump's been keeping a rather low profile. I talked to him last week. Um, I'll tell you a little bit about that maybe tomorrow or Thursday about our conversation. Um, it's primarily we're ramping up for the big tour that will be in December. Um, but, you know, but he's, he's watching now. Donald Trump is basically watching uh, what is happening in the country. And obviously he's taking notes. And obviously there's a comparison between what's happening now and what's happened under his watch. So let's bring in a person who knows uh, President Trump very well, Kimberly Guilfoyle, who's a former Fox News correspondent. She was on a factor all the time. And she is now joining us from Palm Beach, Mar-a-Lago, a very swell place where very powerful and rich people mingle with Miss Guilfoyle on a daily basis. Is, it, is that about accurate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're describing the swells. Uh, a lot of people here, a lot of people down in Florida, you know, people have definitely come down to the state, whether it's California or New York or Pennsylvania or Connecticut, because they like the way this place runs and uh, the way the governor has done business. So you moved down there. What do you do? I mean, do you have a job? Yes, I'm the national chair for the president for the Super PAC for MAGA Action. So I'm on the road with the president. We have seven events coming up. We have an, a rally in Ohio coming this weekend, and then events in uh, Dallas, Texas, Arizona, in Las Vegas, Nevada, all of the above. So it's actually it's a quite a busy schedule because, as you know, and you know the president well, he's got um, boundless energy. He's uh, quite efficient, and he loves to work, and he loves to meet people and get out there with the folks. So that's what we're continuing to do. But specifically as it relates to his America First agenda, which you know, stands in stark contrast to, you know, your monologue, what you mentioned about what President Biden and Kamala Harris are doing. All right, let me stop you. Oh, you're back. Okay, we had a little technical problem, and but you're back, and, I'm, and that's good. So your job basically is you use a super PAC political action committee. You raise money. Uh, you spread the word of Donald Trump around the country. You organize events where he can be seen. Is that about it? Um, and we also support candidates that support the President's America First agenda. So we're very competitive as it relates to the House races, the United States Senate. I also serve as national chair for Eric Reitens, who's the former governor of Missouri and is now seeking the U.S. Senate seat there. So those are the candidates that I want to continue to work with because Donald Trump may not be in the White House right now, but nevertheless, all these issues are still, you know, taking hold of the country. And we don't want to wait and see that, uh, you know, President Biden squanders all the achievements that we worked so hard for for the past okay. four years. I got it. I got it. All right. So you're now a full time what they call politico. Compare that to when you were a full time television pundit. Is this more fun, a better job or was the TV gig better? You know, they're very different, but one that was, you know, having a front row seat, like, you know, um, to American political history. And now it's actually being on the other side of the lens, so to speak, and getting out there, meeting with all the folks across the country. When I campaigned with Donald Trump Jr. for three years, we went to every single state, you know, in this country and met with people and talked to them about the issues that were most important to them and tried to support you know, for the president and for his agenda as it relates to national security, foreign policy, immigration. All right, so you like, you like what you're doing now better? You feel it's more worthwhile 
Would that be accurate? I think the job that we, you know, do, that you continue to do and that I did on television is important, connecting with people and actually getting the truth, getting the news out there and the facts. Because I think more than ever, it is so clouded and so um, biased what you see out there now that average folks are not able actually to get the truth about what's going on. And I think that's an incredibly important job to shine a bright light on it and actually have you know full transparency and report exactly what's going on. All so right. now, they're both okay. telling job. I think did, it's been more fun being out in the field. Did social media has it, have they banned you? I know they banned the president, but are you banned from social media or can you get your message out? No, I am not banned. And so far, Donald Trump Jr. is not banned um, from social media. Okay, so, so, so you far- guys can say what you want. And that, I'm sure, <laughs> is, is a positive for the Trump movement. Final question. I get the feeling when I speak to the president that he wants to run again very much. I don't know whether mm-hmm. that's going to be realistic or not, depending on how things unfold in the country. But he, he really would like to be president again. Is that your feeling? You know, we talk about that quite often, uh, Don Jr. and I do, you know, what we think might happen. He hasn't disclosed or probably made a decision one way or the other. As you mentioned earlier in the program, I think he is watching and waiting to see what happens while still maintaining an active role um, in this movement and getting out there with the folks like you see with the rallies. But I'll tell you something, he has incredible energy. It looks very good right now. He's not burned out at all. He's fired up and ready to go. And I think he's very motivated because he sees what's happening in this country, like the lawlessness in Chicago, the horrible things that happened to, you know, the Puerto Rican couple that was gunned down at the Puerto Rican parade. This is just, you know, one example of what's happening across this country. And I think that if given the chance and he feels like the opportunity is there, that he will 100% run for president in 2024. All right. Uh, That's my feeling, too, based on my conversations with him. Final question. Somebody, one of your friends told me that the highlight of your life was appearing on the O'Reilly Factor. And, I, you know, is, is that true? That was the highlight of my life. And now it's appearing on, you know, no, no spin. So, <laughs> by the way, so it the, was. So- it was. But now, now it's kind of declined. In, 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 I got it. All right, Kimberly, we wish you the best. Thank you for taking the time. Uh, We know there's a lot of rich people you have to talk to today. And thank you for talking to me, your humble correspondent. All right. Well, and we'll see you soon. Anytime you have anything that you want to say, you come right in here. Okay. Um, Absolutely. Thank you, my friend. Keep up the good work. Bye. All right. Let's go to the progressive follies, as I call them. So when I was in uh, Wyoming, a story happened in San Francisco that was pretty unbelievable. Uh, we show you the tape here, and I'm sure you saw it. A guy went into a Walgreens and basically started stealing stuff in front of everybody, a security guard, uh, and he just took his little bicycle and zipped out with a whole black bag full of stuff. He stole it, all right? Nobody stopped him, uh, any of that. So eventually when this went what they call viral, that means everybody saw it, the cops in San Francisco had to do something. They didn't want to, but they did arrest him. The guy's name is Gene Lugo Romero, 40 years old, and he's got a rap sheet all over the place. All right. And he's accused of shoplifting incidents um, for 19 consecutive days. This guy rode his bike and stole stuff from every store. So they're holding him. It's shocking. $25,000 bail. 
So in the CBS Morning News, uh, after the story broke, a guy named Tony Dacapol, he's one of the co-hosts, all right, far left guy. I mean, it's shocking that he would actually be there without a counterpoint. Okay, now, I don't mind putting Tony Dacapol on, but you know, you got to know that he's fringe left. You got to put some balance there. No. Here's what Tony said. Go. That reads also as an act of desperation. I mean, you're, yeah. you're not getting yeah. rich off of what you take from a Walgreens. You're getting probably something you need. Uh, I don't know the details of that particular well, he, case. I mean, a bag full. It looked, they looked like hair products. I, yeah, that's yeah. what it says. It was hair, hair products. Which are valuable. Which are valuable. You're getting something you need. So just, I, I just wanted you to think about this. So Dukapol, a, a national broadcaster on CBS, says, I, you know, you're not getting rich off this. And you're probably getting something you need. So it's okay. It's all right. What's the big deal? Go ahead, ride your bike into any store you want with a big black bag and just fill up and ride out. What are we making a big deal out of it for? This is what CBS is putting out. It's just unbelievable. Think about it. Portland, Oregon. So, as you know, I work there and I, I, I really like the place. It's ruined. They know it's ruined. So they're taking full-page ads out in newspapers across the country. Throw it on up. The newspapers are saying, hey, you got to come to Portland, Oregon. Quote, this is the kind of place where new ideas are welcome, where they're creative, cutting edge, or curious at first glance. You can speak up here. You can be yourself here. So if you're an anarchist, you can bring your Molotov cocktail here. We want you. Boom. You can burn down our buildings. You can loot our stores. We're Portland. Yay. This is the ad. They're taken out. You can be yourself. Ah. I mean, I feel like I'm on Saturday Night Live here. I, you know, I'm mocking this, but this is all true. Here's another one. Don Lemon. All right. So Don Lemon is on CNN. There he is. And I kind of like Don Lemon. Now, I don't listen to him because he's not really bringing it, if, as they say in sports. All right. But as a person, I've run into him a couple of times. All right. So Don Lemon is, is a big America's a racist country guy. That's what he does. All right. I'll give you a quote. Um, he said, there's this false reality that we're living in a post-racial world after the election of Barack Obama. That's all BS. It's a wake-up call of white people who thought we were living in a non-racist world. We're living in two realities, black versus white. We knew as black people what was lurking beneath the surface. I still believe that Trump was a necessary wake-up for America to realize just how racist this country is. So where is a racist country? So the guys at Fox News, they come up with the fact that Don Lemon lives in Sag Harbor, Sag Harbor, Long Island, which is 95% white. There's no black people in Sag Harbor except Don. Maybe there's three others. So they're hammering Don on Fox News uh, because he's saying all the we're racist, racist, racist. And then he runs in and lives in a white community. I wouldn't do that. Because Don Lemon has a right to live wherever he wants to live, even if he holds views that I find insane. 
And if you're going to live on eastern Long Island, they're all white communities. There are no black communities on eastern Long Island. It's like Wyoming. There are no black communities in Wyoming because the migratory pattern for African-Americans did not go to those places. It's simple. It's history. It doesn't have anything to do with bigotry. It doesn't have to do anything with systemic racism. It was a migratory situation. And Lemon wants to live out on Long Island because it's beautiful there. I don't have a beef with that. But they're just pounding him. Now, here's a guy I have a beef with. You know who Sheldon Whitehouse is? Sheldon Whitehouse. Do you know anybody named Sheldon except for the dopey kid on TV? There's Sheldon. He's a senator from Rhode Island, a state that I love, Rhode Island. All right, so Sheldon is an aristocrat. Sheldon is a rich guy. In Levittown, where I grew up, nobody was named Sheldon Whitehouse. He was named after. So Sheldon is as radical left as you get. I'm going to give you one uh, tweet that Sheldon put out. Quote, the president, Trump, is on a mission to divide us, but we must not turn away from one another. There is still a long way to go toward full equality and the end of racism in America. Peaceful progress is the only path to getting there. It's a long way, according to Sheldon Whitehouse, the senator from Long Island, from Rhode Island, to end racism in America. A long way. Hmm. Wow. Did you know that Sheldon Whitehouse has been a member of an all-white Rhode Island beach club for maybe 30 years? All white. Blacks cannot go to this beach club. Can't be part of it. So a reporter found that out. Roll the tape. You had remarks on the floor following the deaths of Breonna Taylor and George Floyd saying, you know, hoping to root out systemic racism in the country. Um, your thoughts on an elite, all-white, wealthy club, again, in this day and age, um, you know, should these clubs continue to exist? It's a long tradition in Rhode Island, and there are many of them, and uh, I think we just need to work our way through the issues. Thank you. Yeah, so let's work our way through. I've only been there 30 years. And still no black people can go because it's a long tradition that no black people are allowed at the beach club. But I, Sheldon Whitehouse, the big progressive liberal who calls my country racist, I can stay in a beach club for 30 years that denies blacks membership. I can do that while we work through the issue. Maybe 30 years is a long enough time to work through that issue. Right, Sheldon? You big phony. You hypocrite. Oh, I mean, it is just outrageous. You give me enough time. All of these people, including Ocasio-Cortez, I can come up with this stuff. Nobody's perfect, but 30 years, Sheldon? 30 years, still working through it. Okay. All right, there's a poll. Uh, Monmouth University. Ah. You know, this is their, um, their poll um, background. Democrat 32, Republican 24. Right away, you know the poll skewed. Independent 44. Okay, so they asked, in general, do you support or oppose requiring voters to show a photo ID? 
80% of this monument fall, which is bogus to begin with, skewed left, 80% said, yeah, yeah, we want you to show an ID when you vote. But this is, no, because a voter ID is voter suppression. Roll the tape. Do you believe that elections are essentially rigged? What I mean by rigged is this. We have a right to vote in the United States that is afforded to eligible American citizens. But we have seen over the last 20 years a constriction on who has the right to use that right. We have seen it through voter ID laws. Voter ID laws constricts. Oh, suppresses, according to Stacey Abrams. So 80% of Americans say, no, no. Yeah, we really need to know if you're eligible to vote. So you got to show that ID, not Stacy. And you're racist. If you think voter ID is good, no, nope, you're racist. Okay, another poll. Um, same outfit, Monmouth University. Um, do you believe Joe Biden won the 2020 election fair and square? 61% say yes. Due to voter fraud, 32%. Okay. By party, um, fair and square Republicans, 36%. Uh, voter fraud, 57% of Republicans believe Biden won because of voter fraud. Democrat, fair and square, 90 Predictable, due to voter fraud, 4%. 4% of Democrats think there's fraud. But independent, here's the number. Fair and square, 54. Voter fraud, 38. That's a big number for independent Americans that think there was fraud in the election. I get a lot of, I still get a lot of mail about that. And all I will tell you, and, and we have concierge members who can privately send me any email and I answer them. And I, and I tell them this, look, William Barr, the attorney general, said it was fraud. And I believe that's true, particularly in Philadelphia, Milwaukee, Fulton County, Georgia. But was it enough to uh, overcome a 10 million popular vote win for Biden? Was it enough to turn Pennsylvania, Georgia around? Well, it may have been, but there's not been any evidence put forth. None that would say that. And I think that's a fair statement. So you can believe that was fraud, and obviously millions of people do, but definitively, you got to have more. And Barr really never really produced anything. He said it was his opinion that there was voter fraud, but he never really produced anything. And then he got out of there pretty fast after Election Day. Okay, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on Afghanistan. I will tell you that this is a country that cannot defend itself, much like South Vietnam. It can't. And we would even have to stay there forever, which we just can't. It's wrong. We stayed there long enough. But the Taliban's going to pretty much, there's going to be a civil war. And maybe uh, the non-Taliban Afghans can hang on to Kabul and a couple of cities. But it's, it's going to be. And the terrorists, ISIS and Al-Qaeda, going right back. And that, that's what's going to happen. Um, North Dakota State University. Okay, so they do a poll. 400,000 college students were surveyed. 400,000. Big crew. All right. From 1,000 campuses in all 50 states. And most of the uh, kids that were canvassed were liberal. Most college students are liberal. All right. So... The one of the questions was, uh, 
Are you proud to be an American? 57% of liberal students answered no. 73% of conservatives answered yes. 59% of independents answered yes. So the liberal students, which dominate the campuses, they're not proud to be an American. I'm not surprised. Are you surprised? I'm surprised. I mean, that propaganda is huge. All right, this day in history, June 22nd, 1942, Congress formally recognizes the Pledge of Allegiance. Now, this is a very interesting story. So that was 79 years ago. It was basically uh, put into law. It's a law called a flag code. The Pledge of Allegiance cannot be messed with unless the President of the United States commands it. All right. So the Pledge of Allegiance was first put forth in 1892 in the Use Companion magazine. And then it, it, it kind of got its way up into the congressional view. And they changed some words. But the original words were that Congress okayed, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. No under God in 1942. But then Dwight Eisenhower in 1954 says, yeah, we'll put the under God in there. Okay? And he could do that. By law, he can do it. And so now it's, I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now, some progressives want to take out under God. That will never happen in our lifetime. No president would do that. Even Biden, not going to do it. All right, got a good mail segment and a final thought on um, the deterioration of our society because of COVID. I think you'll find that interesting. We'll be back in a moment. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has a over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's arkseedkits.com, promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. arcseedkits.com. All right, let's do some mail. We got Anne Marie, who's a concierge member. Again, she gets direct access to me. Yes, here it is. A steak that cost $28 six months ago is now $44. I hope and pray that the people who voted for Joe Biden will wise up. Okay, I don't buy the steaks anymore. They're just too, it's too crazy out there. All right, fish is better for you anyway. And fish is up. Get filet of soul now. Wokeless in San Francisco. <laughs> Woke Liz in San Francisco says, great column, Bill, on Jackson Hole and San Francisco. We're safer with the Bears than in these radical left-wing cities. All right. So the column is entitled One Nation No Longer on BillOReilly.com. I hope you read it. Jerry, I agree with you, Bill. Our cities have become liberal havens of crime and homelessness, 
and the people in those cities keep voting in the people who made this possible. Absolutely. Warren, absolutely correct. The folks voted Biden in and voted for Democrat majorities in Congress, and they have no one to blame but themselves. George, saying there's no evidence that Putin killed anyone in Russia because it cannot be investigated reminded me of exactly why there's no evidence in the election stolen from Trump. But, you know, Georgia did investigate. Georgia did. Um, And they didn't find it. Now, to say it was an error, but there were investigations. Andrew, hey, Bill, do you think the debate among the Catholic hierarchy regarding abortion is predominantly about biblical teaching, truth, and principle, or about politics? Could it be the Vatican is not anxious to alienate the undetermined number of donating parishioners? Look, uh, the Catholic Church is a political institution. There's no doubt about that. Uh, abortion is a cornerstone uh, of the sin theology. You're taking a human life, according to the Catholic Church. Um, but they're afraid. There's no doubt they're afraid. Go after Biden. Linda Schultz, Naples, Florida. I'm deeply surprised and shocked, Bill, that your assessment of Biden's European trip uh, had no impact on us. He arrived with a bag of goodies and left with nothing, not even a party favor. We don't ever get anything from them. Donald Trump did get some NATO money, but we don't ever get anything from Europe. Ever. Why would you think he'd get anything from them? Kevin Burke, Estonia, North Carolina, in your opinion, is it conceivable Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis would consider running on the same ticket in 2024? Sure. DeSantis is very powerful. If you wanted to be a second for Trump, be a powerful ticket. Russell Jayer, Rensselaer, New York. Bill, uh, I hope Donald Trump does not run. I voted for him twice, but he cannot overcome the election corruption and people who hear his name and go the other way. It's true. He has alienated a lot of independent voters, but he did a lot of good things. So if the country goes down as it's heading now, Donald Trump will become a more powerful presence. And I think you're going to see that on the history tour. Robert Rudd, Spanish Fork, Utah. Bill, what the deuce does deuce mean? When I say... um, has no deucing idea, that is a substitute for a profanity. (laughs) Al McGarity, The Villages, Florida. How can the feds hold capital rioters without due process when no one is outraged? Al, if somebody's being held without due process, I need to know about it. I don't know of anyone being held without due process in a capital situation. If you know something... Pass it on. You're a concierge member. Give it to me quick. I'll report it. Miriam Morani, Big Bear Lake, California. Very nice place. Hey, Bill, while you were on vacation, I read Killing the Mob. Excellent. Riveting. I couldn't put it down. The way it was written made me feel like I was right there, uh, but I'm glad I wasn't. <laughs> yes, oh my. Not a good place to be. Killing the Mob is still the number one selling book in the world. Is that amazing? No, nonfiction book. I should. They get these crazy fiction books, but what, number one nonfiction book in the world. Still, after seven weeks, my heavens. Thank you all. Catherine Fleming, Gold River, California. I'm almost finished killing them all. 
Charlie believed the reach that organized crime had everywhere and the evil portrayal is unbelievable. It is. These people are evil, no doubt about it. Okay, so we hope you get Mob. Um, uh, we hope you get the other killing books, Summer Reads. You know, relax. Have fun, learn stuff in the summer. That's what it's all about. Um, we have the Ditch the Mask, Don the Apron. Uh, throw that right up there. Summer Barbecue Apron, Stand Up For Your Country. Ditch the Mask, Don the Apron. You get it from BillOReilly.com. And then the History Tour information, December 11th, Sunrise, Florida, 12th, Orlando, Florida, 18th, Toyota Center, Houston, 19th, American Airlines Center, Dallas. Okay, so you get the tickets. Just go to BillOReilly.com. We'll flip you right over to the box office. Going to be big. Word of the day, do not be a rapscallion when writing to the No Spin News. Bill at BillOReilly.com. Bill at BillOReilly.com. My tweet at Bill O'Reilly. Back with the final thought in a moment. Hey guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Okay, so now um, if you can't get fast service anywhere, it's because of COVID. If you can't get anything done in your house, I want to build some stuff. I, no, we can't get the parts. We can't get this. Um, I don't have that. Um, I, I had to wait. I, I went to my local deli today, just get a sandwich. No cashier. Where's the cashier? Got to wait. A big line. No way. Well, we don't know where she went. It's COVID. COVID, COVID. Everybody's afraid. COVID. COVID this, COVID. Now, there's some truth to it. The, all the factories, they shut down and they're just ramping up now and it's slower. Okay. But it's such a perfect excuse. I can't do it. It's COVID. You know, I, I uh, everywhere I go, it's COVID. I got bad grades because of COVID. I, you know, I couldn't pass that test because of COVID. COVID did. I was frightened. I, I, I got vaccinated. My toes fell off. COVID, COVID, COVID. The COVID excuse. I think the statute of limitation runs out by September. We're going to have to deal with it this summer. Thanks for watching us. We'll see you tomorrow.